This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, episode 67 Inch. On this week's episode, the great John Bermuda Schwartz returns to the podcast in part one of his interview, all about his brand new book, Black and White and Weird All Over. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. As we mentioned in headline news, special report number one, our very special guest this week is none other than John Bermuda Schwartz, drummer for Weird Al Yankovic for nearly four decades. In his first interview since the book was announced, we dig deep and get the lowdown on everything the book promises to bring and so much more. Let's get on with part one of the interview. We are beyond thrilled to welcome our next guest to the program. You probably know him as the drummer for Weird Al for, you know, ever. But we know him best as a regular guest here on Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. So please welcome back to the program, John Bermuda Schwartz. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Uh, have a nice day. See you. Nice John, some really big news just came out this week. What? Entertainment Weekly dropped this big bomb that you have the book coming out. We got to see the title. We got to see the cover. It's all true. It's all true. It's true. <laughs> what an exciting week. We're so honored to have you on the week. You know, this is such an amazing week for Weird Al fans. So where, where do we start? Uh, page one is good. Uh, <laughs> start, start reading. It's good book. Very good. It's thrilling. No, this this is this is great. This has been uh, in the works for some time, and uh, it's been uh, you know bouncing around in my head for about three years now. Wow! And I didn't really get wow. on it till last December, and uh, uh, just and, and finally you know now we can talk about it, and uh, and then uh, we have a release date, which is. Uh, uh, of course, if, if anyone's uh, already aware of this, it is October 27th of this year. What a great accident. That, that must have been an accident, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's, it's really, I'm, I'm so glad it's happening. And, and uh, the whole COVID thing really has not put any kind of a damper on this. It was in the works before that happened. And it had uh, really no effect. On, on moving forward, I had asked the publisher about it. They said, no, we're, we're printing them up, and they're going out, and that's that. Yeah, well, the photos were already <laughs> taken. Uh, yeah, well, God, they were taken back in the 80s. Not, not much I could do about that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now, unless you've been living under a rock, of course, we finally learned the title of your book is Black and White and Weird All Over, the lost photographs of Weird Al Yankovic from 83 to 86 John, that is an amazing title. Oh, thank you. Yep, that is that is exactly it. And uh, and uh, we even have a website for the book, which, not surprisingly, is also blackandwhiteandweirdallover.com. <laughs> and, and in case anybody still doesn't know how to spell weird, you can go back like they taught you back in school. That old that that kind of little mnemonic is E before I. That's weird. Remember anybody remember that? Yep. <laughs> okay. It's, it's like that. That's how you know. And, uh, and, and you can go there, and there's all sorts of uh, – there's some sample photos there and uh, 
Uh, you can pre-order it uh, through Amazon and the rest of those uh, online sellers, Barnes & Noble, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's available worldwide, I believe. And there's uh, a whole bunch of good info there. Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. The book is available worldwide. From my understanding, we're not just talking about a single book here. We're talking about two books that you have coming out. There, There is a special edition version of this, which has a different cover. And uh, it's got uh, a dozen 9 by 12 frameable photos, or suitable for framing, if you prefer. <laughs> and uh, a, uh, the book is uh, signed by me. Uh, not not personalized. I, I signed them ahead of time, and uh, it also comes with a certificate of authenticity, a numbered certificate. There will be 250 copies available for sale. That's awesome! Wow. I would love to hear about the cover photo. I guess let's start with the what do we call it? The original, the regular version. Yeah, the the photo on that is from uh, uh, one of the chapters in the book. A, a, a bunch of black and white photos I shot on the set of uh, I Love Rocky Road video. And it's a photo of Al uh, literally outstanding in his field. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's standing on the airstrip, and he's just kind of, you know, back in the day, he would just, he would just, I mean, I always had a camera with me, and he would just pose, or I would say, let me take some pictures, and then he would just strike some poses, <laughs> and I would just click away. And then, you know, in, in the case of these, he never, ever saw them again. I mean, right. you know, these were never right. printed, so he never, he had no idea. Uh, neither did I. So the picture on the regular edition cover is him uh, in, in the Joan Jet outfit, basically standing there just kind of very regally, just kind of looking off into the distance. And it's just, it's a nice photo. It's just a nice, cool photo that nobody's ever seen. I mean, there's sort of, I probably had a color version of that photo, not that photo, but something similar, but none of these have actually ever been seen before. None of them had ever been printed before. So that's, that's the regular edition of the special edition has another photo that was taken uh, on the set of the Ricky video. Again, everyone's seen color photos from the Ricky video and a couple of black and white photos. Yeah. But not. I don't think they've ever seen this one. And then this photo goes across the entire front and back cover. So should you want to, you can lay the book face down and have this big, well, it's a 9 <laughs> by 12 book, so by the time you open it up, it's a 12 by 18 wow. uh, photo of Al uh, with, with the conga drum. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so, so awesome! And look, gr grimacing or looking into the camera or, or or whatever, you know. Again, not a shot from the video exactly, but just you know, hey Al, let me take some pictures. Okay, here, here, here. How about this? How about this? There's a few pictures in there of here him giving me the stink eye, like you know, <laughs> did you, haven't you taken enough photos? Come on, enough. Put that camera away already. I mean, a you know, couple of mostly he was. He was a pretty good sport. Looking back, he was a really good sport about the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of photos wow. I, I took of him. Now, the thing about this book that's different from the thousands of photos that are already out there that people have seen is, one, they're black and white. Two, they have not been seen before. Right. Uh, wow. So black and white, hence the title, Black and White and Weird All Over. Uh, and uh, the fact they haven't been seen, I just, at the time... Uh, I mean, I didn't shoot black and white on the road because I would always take my film to one hour processing and because we were on the move and they didn't process black and white, you know, not in the time frame I needed. Right. So I never there are no black and white shots, you know, not that I took anyway uh, of us on the tour or on the bus or anything like that. Uh, but in, in town here, you know, shooting videos in the studio, whatever, I always had uh, 
you know, a camera or two with me, and I would alternate the film. I mean, for every one of the chapters in the book, there's, there's, well, for most of the chapters, there's sort of counter color photo counterparts. You know, not the same photos, but, you know, everyone's seen color photos from Ricky, a couple of black and white. They've seen color photos from Edith, but never any black and white. Color photos from I Love Rocky Road, a couple from I Love Rocky Road snuck out. Um, there's uh, stuff of us on the Living with the Hernia video set. There's a, a very short chapter of Al in the studio just goofing around with, with a T-shirt from KZZP in Phoenix that they had sent him. So he put on the shirt and mugged for the camera, and, and I took pictures. <laughs> and, and now they're in a book. Wow. Uh, the, uh, there's uh, shots, black, there's color, but there's black and white shots from us in the studio doing overdubs for in 3D. Uh, the, the gals that were singing on that, uh, uh, Jimmy Zavala on sax, Pat Regan is in there. There's a yeah. picture of Tony Papa that, uh, you know, that no one's ever seen. I mean, no, nobody had seen these pictures. They were never wow. printed. They were just contact sheets all these years. So Al had never seen them. And beyond, you know, the, the contact sheet, which is literally just a life-size 35-millimeter frame, I really had never seen what these photos were about either. I mean, you can only get so far looking through a magnifying glass at these things. So... When I got these things scanned, uh, I, I saw them for the first time, and I was just I was blown away. Now, I'd already had the concept for the book, but once I realized there was a you know that these things translated that way that the book was going to look really good, I thought you know what it's, it's time to move forward on it. So uh, that's that's what all this stuff is. Now I mentioned some of the photos from the Ricky video and the I Love Rocky Road video have been seen before. Uh, there's there's a picture of uh, and from the Ricky video of there's a couple of pictures of Tress. There's a couple of pictures of Al with Tress. There's, you know, a picture of Al kind of fixing his bow tie uh, a little bit. And there's a couple of those we printed as 8x10s at the time, and those were the only shots that were ever seen. There's only like six of those in the book that have ever been seen before. And the same from I Love Rocky Road. There's only six of those. Uh, there's a, a picture of Al kind of sitting in his director's chair just kind of looking at the camera, you know, a nice smile. Uh, you know, a couple of cool photos that have been seen, but never in this quality. Right. I mean, those were taken from 8 by 10 prints that we did at the time. You know, there's really no no correction that we could do. You know, so these these are from the source. They are cleaned up. They are beautiful. You know, so anything that's been seen has never been seen this good before, but, you know, 98% of these have not been seen before at all. So that's that's the beauty of this book. And... You know, just I'm very proud of it. It's, it's very, very cool. And Al, Al was uh, behind it. I mean, he was the very first person I asked back in July of 2017. I thought about this when I was thinking about, you know, I better start thinking about getting my negatives scanned and preserving them. Might come in handy someday. So I, that's, at, that's at the time that I was sort of going through my files. I thought, you know, these have never been seen at all. They've never been printed, nothing. I, here they are just sitting there. And that's when I thought about, you know, hey, this would be really cool. And I explained to Al, I said, you know, I've got all these black and white photos that nobody's ever seen. You know, would you mind if I pursue publishing them? I mean, I didn't know what, what I was going to do, but I just thought, you know, maybe I'll put them out there. And he says, yeah, go for it. And I thought, great. So then I sat for two more years. And, <laughs> the, uh, and the subject came up again when uh, we saw uh, a friend of ours from Sony music uh we saw him at the uh forest hills show in new york city in 2019 was this mike duquette in fact, it was mike duquette and mike and i worked uh, closely on the book for uh, the box set for example so yeah. he was the 
he was one of the guys that came out and went through all of my photos and all of my archives for the book. I wish I had been here at the time. That would have been nice. If he was. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Of course I didn't. It was him and, and John Jackson, uh, uh, also from the label, came out. And the three of us sat down and went through tens of thousands of photos. Wow. I gave them a hard drive with, I don't know, 80,000 photos on it. Oh, wow. Uh, of, of stuff. I scanned stuff. I took pictures of T-shirts. I, I We went through all of the paper goods and letters and itineraries and just all of the stickers, all of the stuff, product, just whatever. And we spent, oh, I, I think, a couple of weekends doing that. And now Mike is a big fan. So that was, I know that was very cool for him. But Mike's been great. And we were talking after the show uh, in, in uh, New York City and, and uh he was he was talking about some things he's thinking about you know another possible Al thing, and I was saying you know I'm I'm working you know I was lying I, I'm working on this thing I I've got this idea for a book of a bunch of old Al photos he says oh well, yeah that's nice, so and that was kind of the end of that. <laughs> a couple of months later, uh, and again I I wasn't really sitting around thinking about this too much it was just sort of you know on the back burner, and a couple of months later he sent me an email he says you know when you're ready to move forward with that book, uh, talk to uh, this guy at 1984 Publishing, and uh, talked to Matthew over there. He's a friend of mine. It might be a good fit. And I thought, yeah, yeah uh, good. You know, that's good to know. <laughs> and I said, yeah, for a couple of more months. <laughs> and about November, I thought, you know, maybe I, let me see. You know, I'm, I'm not doing anything in 2020. Uh, let me see about getting these negatives scanned and see what where that goes. Let me take a couple of test rolls to a place and see how they turn out. You know, and maybe this book idea might move forward. Well, they turned out great, and I, then I contacted Matthew, and uh, this was beginning of December. A week later, we signed a contract Wow! and uh, began putting everything together. I, I scanned the rest of the applicable photos from uh, for these six chapters, uh, touched everything up, uh, pulled out a whole ton of photos, ran them by Al, just to make sure there wasn't anything in there that he would find objectionable, because on, honestly, there were a couple of photos that I thought were a little, a little edgy, maybe, possibly, or that might he might have considered a little embarrassing. And absolutely, he was he was perfectly fine with every one of them. He approved every single photo. Wow. And wow. Uh, I, I wrote some text. There are six chapters. Uh, I wrote a little bit of text explaining, uh, you know, as much trivia as I could cook up for these things or sort of explaining what you would see. And uh, so there's not very much text. There's not... Once you get past the first page of each chapter, it's just, it's nothing but photos. Uh, no captions, no dates, no nothing. Wow. I sort of explain, I explain everything up front. I got two, three, four little paragraphs on each chapter. And uh, some of the photos are, are uh, I mean, they just, they look great. They, they really did a nice job on them. And they said, uh, you know, some of these, and as much as possible, they tried to preserve the original 35 millimeter aspect, which is a three to two uh, aspect on that which you don't get with an 8x10. So even those that were seen as an 8x10 are, are still being seen, you know, more complete now as well. So they said, uh, you know, we want to do some of these across both pages. And I thought, well, that's going to be a big picture. What, what about the gutter of the book? You know, I don't want the, the photo just diving down into the, the seam of the book. They said, no, the way this book will be done, it'll be side-sewn, which means when you open it up, it, it kind of lays flat. I mean, you can see there's a seam down the middle, but it basically lays pretty flat. You could open it up, you know, with that picture up, and you'd have this 12 by 18 picture of, of Al or whoever it is. 
And then we also, there's a picture, and this one, I think this one's been seen. It's a picture of Al and the band and Dr. Demento from the I Love Rocky Road video, Outstanding by a Plane, Outstanding in Our Field by a Plane in the Field. And <laughs> one, it's, it's the only picture of all of us together where you can actually see all of us. Wow. Now, plus, it's got Demento in there, and he's got... He's got a couple of photos in the book as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we put that across two pages. We made that a two-page photo. And I thought, you know what, that's going to be a really good photo if someone corners the four or five or six of us or whatever with that book. That's going to be the page that we sign because that's the only page where we all appear. Wow. So that's something cool for whoever buys uh, you know, the book if they want to drag it to a show or whatever. <laughs> uh, they, can, they can find us. Uh, you know, that's, that's the page, you know, I'll let all the guys know, you know, this is the page to sign. You know. <laughs> I have a feeling a lot of people are going to be dragging this book to shows. <laughs> and I should add that I took all of the photos in this book. This is why, you know, it's, it's my book with a couple of exceptions. There are a couple of, you know, half a dozen photos or something. And they're like the one I described has got me in the photo in the picture. Right. I, mean, I could not possibly have <laughs> taken the photo unless I had a tripod and, and ran really fast. Right. And, right. It uh, does not look like I'm out of breath. So the I very painstakingly, and also it came up in researching, I talked to a lot of people just so I could get my facts straight about about the, the little bit that I wanted to write. I wanted to make sure that it was correct info. And it was a very painstaking process, and I ran it by, you know, the, the handful of people I possibly could have handled handed my camera to that day. And we figured out that it was Mike Kiefer, musical Mike. Wow. So oh. shares, he shares a photo credit. Actually, he's got an additional photography credit. And there, uh, there's a photo in there that uh, Beefalo Bill took that's in the beginning of the book that's uh, used in the intro. And it's a, a great photo of, of me with my camera right in Al's face. I mean, it's like, <laughs> his face. And he's looking into the camera. And, and it was taken at... Uh, it's not actually, it, actually it is from that era. It's from 1985. So it does, it does fit the timeline. And, cool. and it's a picture that, that uh, Bill took of that. And then I've got, of course, you, know, you couldn't put that in there without having the picture that I was taking. So you go to the next page and it's the forward, <laughs> I'll look the forward for the book. And it's the picture that I took. And oh, it's this, wow. just stupid close up of Al's face. Oh. Look, looking at it, all, almost that, you know, stink eyed photo again, except not, sort you know almost kind of how dare you <laughs> back <laughs> off but both great photos so that's those are the first things you see when you open up the book uh is is me taking this ridiculous picture and then the picture that i took and then we get into it so beefalo bill also gets uh, a photo credit for that and uh, apart from those and those may actually be the best photos in the book but apart from those <laughs> apart from the ones i didn't take i took all of the other photos, and uh, and uh, that was that was actually part of, sort of alluded to that in the original title I had for the book, this the black and white and weird all over. Well, it's photographs of weird angling, nineteen eighty three to eighty six, which is a mouthful. Was not the original title. I actually <laughs> I actually had my own title, which I cooked up back in twenty seventeen when I to I told Al what the title you know I thought mm -hmm. the title should, mm -hmm. and it was again all black and white photos. Right, it don't matter if they're black and white unseen photos from the camera of John Bermuda Schwartz. Now, unseen photos from the camera of accounts for the fact that there were going to be some pictures in there that I didn't take, but they were taken with my camera and I owned the negatives. <laughs> but but <laughs> credit where credit is due. So, you know, I'm, I'm all about credit where credit, you know. So 
when it came down to it, uh, you know, I, I went to great pains to make sure, you know, that I got the credit right. I mean, obviously, I did not take those pictures, and I didn't want to just put, you know, to, uh, p- photographs by, you know, with the exception of this, 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 that, and those. <laughs> right. you know, It'd be a really those long will, title. <laughs> yeah, we'll call those courtesy of. That's right. not how I. That's not how we roll. So, um, anyway, so so that that was my original concept for the title, and the the uh, publisher said, well, you know, first off, you you don't have Weird Al's name anywhere in there. Why don't we put out Weird Al's name on there, and and if someone's searching around the internet for Weird Al, maybe the book will come up. Maybe they'll buy a book. I thought, oh, that's well, that's brilliant. That's why you're the publisher and I'm the drummer. Right. <laughs> I would not have thought of that. And 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 to be fair, if I'd gone with the self-publishing route, I'll bet they wouldn't have said anything either. They would have just printed up the books as I'd had given them the info and and all the stuff, and they would have been fine to print them up and sell them to me. And that would have been, you know, they're not into marketing books to the end user. They're into selling them to the person who wants to market them right. to the end user. So, right. which is which is fine. I'm not begrudging them. But that's one of the things they would not have bothered to tell me. And uh, and then the other, the the it don't matter if they're black and white. He thought, ah, that's a little, that's maybe a little old at this point, you know. And he came up with some other suggestions. And I, I thought about him. Well, I already had another title in my back pocket, and this title was given to me by Mark Jonathan Davis, who is, among other things, Richard Cheese and his band Lounge Against the Machine. But he was. <laughs> He was at KZZP uh, Radio in Phoenix. And he also worked at K-Rock here in L.A. Uh, he sang backup on Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Oh. He's not credited, but he's thanked on that album. Uh, so he's, he's an old friend of both of ours. And I was talking to him about the chapter in the book that has uh, Al in these, in these KZZP shirts. And I, I, Al couldn't remember, you know, why he had the shirt and you know, what the, what the deal was, you know, did we take pictures and then send them to KZCP? Was this a promo for them? What was, and, and I talked to uh, Mark about it and uh, said, you know, and I sent him, you know, a copy of one of the pictures. I said, what's up with these photos? And he says, I don't know. He's wearing our shirt. I don't know. <laughs> so we, we, uh, and, and it's true when I say in the, in the chapter, in the description that they sent Al some shirts and, and uh, you know, so Al, Al was, basically saying thanks you know we, we took some pictures and sent him some pictures well in talking to mark he gave me I, and i told him what the title i thought was going to be and i don't remember if he said nah that stinks but he said <laughs> you know, well you know if if you want you know here you can have this how about black and white and weird all over and i thought that's that's pretty good i might uh, yeah that's not bad to to just kind of have in my back pocket so when it came time to replace my original title uh, I pulled that out, and and publisher liked it. And in hindsight, a much better title. We uh, we uh, you know the, the subtitle with Weird Al's name, the brilliant idea. They can search for <laughs> Weird Al. They can search for Black and White. They can search for Yankovic. They can search for photographs. You know, all of this stuff adds up to Al coming up in a in a search, which is you know a good thing. I mean, I you know. It's not all about money, but I do want to sell some books. Well, and you want the people who are fans of Al to be able to see the book. Well, I want them to be able to find it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, uh, not everybody, and I'm 
don't want to burst your bubble, but I, there's a fan out there somewhere that's not listening to this podcast. What? Shame on them, but I'll, <laughs> I'll take their money too. So if they're, if they're searching around, you know, the three, four, five months from now, and they stumble upon it and say, hey, nobody told me about this. I've, I've never been on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or anywhere in the world. And it's the first time hearing of it. Well, then, then you know, we'll wait for their money then. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the title is so good. The the cover is so good. I didn't know what to expect, you know, for a title. I mean, I, I guess like Weird Al Book of Photos. Like <laughs> that's what I would have come up with. You guys have that's pretty good. I wonder if there's time to get a change. No, probably, no it's been at the printer since yeah. June. Oh. Not. Okay. No, oh, okay. Well. Okay. No, but I think it's a great cover. I mean, I've never heard anyone say that, and it's it's. It's perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And and uh, I did a little due diligence at the time and, and now. And, uh, well, I, actually, by now, I think possibly the book may actually come up and search as that title. But if you search black and white and weird all over, there's only like one or maybe two things that come up, and they're completely out of context. And, and uh, like in the whole world, right. those words have only been put together once or twice. <laughs> prior to this book <laughs> in fact when you type in and you know go to you know google or whatever and type in black and white and weird all over you're probably going to get a lot of that old joke black and white and red all over right you know you right. go to, you know again prior to the book you type that into amazon.com and a whole bunch of books that say black and white and red all over come up so they they get most of it but there are like no this is like literally the first time you know this this is going in print anywhere and so, uh, you know, we're we're very proud of that as well. It was a very unique title, and and uh, obviously, uh, you know, Mark gets gets a uh, thanks for that, and and uh, you know, sending him a book, and um, <laughs> everyone that that contributed a photograph uh, a photograph, you know, which which is Mike and and uh, Bill, you know, they're, they're getting books. You know, I might send Al a book, although he can afford it. I, I yeah. think maybe he can afford a special edition if he wants. No, I'm, I'm, of course I'm, tr I'm treating Al to books, of course, of course. Now, I'm curious about the photos that come with the special edition. Those are photos that are also seen in the book? Yes, uh, those are, those are uh, in some cases, they're actually bigger than they appear in the book. Oh wow! So you know you, you oh. don't have to you don't have to tear a page out of the book just to frame it, <laughs> just to get your nine by twelve. You can actually you, know, you can you can uh, frame these, and uh, nine by twelve is nice. Although the the photo there's a little bit of a border around it, almost like a mat, mm -hmm. but the 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 page is the the uh, print size is nine by twelve. The 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 paper is nine by twelve, and there's uh, there's uh, six that are portrait. And six that are landscape. So, you know, should you want to uh, mix them up a little bit, you know, we, we wanted to have a nice even number of each. And, uh, you know, we, we pulled, uh, you know, the, obviously the best photos in the book. I mean, the worst photos weren't chosen for the book. I mean, there's certainly <laughs> some photos that, that deservedly do not appear in the book and thankfully do not appear in the book. I don't know even why I sent them. But they're the ones that were chosen for the book and the ones that were chosen for, you know, and, and of course, you know, the publisher was great. I, everything's been run by me. I mean, I, I have really complete control over this complete artistic control. I mean, they make some really good suggestions and nine times out of 10, I just, I, I will go with what they say because it's the right thing or what they suggested or let's do this photo. Let's not do this photo. Like there was one photo I really, really wanted to be one of those nine by 12 prints. And it was Al sitting 
in the uh, chair. This is one of the photos that has been seen. In fact, it's in the authorized Al book. Hmm. And and uh, it's one of the photos that's been seen before, and it's him sitting in, in like sort of a folding director's chair kind of a thing, you know, just nice smile looking into the camera, but it's a little bit, maybe when I snap it, he was moving a little, there's a tiny, tiniest bit of motion blur, just a little bit, maybe I moved the camera. A little, I mean, almost, you know, I thought the quality of the photo, you know, overshadowed any technical issues with it. And I thought, you know what, that'd be a really good, that'd make a nice frameable photo. And they said, you know, it's not quite a hundred percent. It's really not quite. It's a little, you know, it's not going to look as good as we really want it to look. Mm. So they mm. were, they're, they're critical, and and that's good because I don't want any fans to, to see that and say, God, they made this frameable photo and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't suck. You know, it's blurry. I'm, I feel like I'm drunk again. You know, maybe maybe I was drunk when I took it. That's possible. Okay. <laughs> no, I was on. I was on the video. I, I don't drink. I only drink after I were finished shooting videos. Um, videos. Remember those? Wow. No, it, so, so, so for example, you know, that was one where they, you know, if I'd really, really wanted that, if I insisted on it, they certainly would have done it. But they made a very smart point. I mean, they made it very artistically. You know, they they want to make sure everyone is very happy with everything that they get. Uh, you know, with with. Uh, the special edition, you know, well, with both books, of course, but, you know, the special edition has these extras and they want to be sure. So that was one that, that they, you know, I, I went with them and we picked a few different uh, photos, option photos. You know, obviously at this point, I know what those photos are and, and uh, they look great. They've done a really, really good job on them. There's uh, this uh, box set comes like in a box, an actual uh, like there's a lid, you know, kind of a, a sleeve that fits over oh, cool. uh, the top half and the bottom half, let's say. Wow. Top half is black, bottom half is white. There's uh, <laughs> uh, an accordion uh, bellow sort of a thing is in dark print on the insides of the box. I mean, it's really, it's really nice. They really wow. just have done a good, they didn't just, you know, sort of whip this out. They've really done a great, thoughtful job on this. Uh, I should probably mention the prices on these books, just so nobody is... is taken aback too much the regular edition is 35 dollars, and and it's worth every penny it might be worth 36 but they said no that's kind of an odd number. <laughs> and i said 27 dollars. they said nah, that's even worse no, no how about how about 35 i said i think i think 35 works uh so that's that's really good now the special edition with these extras it's got an alternate cover uh oh there's there's silver gilding around the edge of the 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 pages of the book Whoa. when the book is closed you look at the book wow. it, it's like nice. silver it's really like a like a bible except not red <laughs> it's, like, it's really they've really done just a, a really nice job on it so it is a really deluxe nice and and uh the price and it's not way out of line the price is 95 dollars on that and that's 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 not too bad that's not bad at all no i mean i almost when i first started hearing about this book like I almost thought it was going to be in that kind of price range for a regular edition of the book. Thirty-five seems really inexpensive for the value of this book, and I'm not just trying to say that because you're you're one of our guests, but it's just like as a Weird Al fan and and how amazing this book sounds and and everything you described. Thirty-five seems like a really good deal. Well, I, you know, and and the publisher came up with that, and and they're in the business of publishing pop culture coffee table books. I mean, they know. They know what the right price is right. for those kind of things. And so it's not like, you know, oh, those fans will be champing at the bit for this. Let's gouge them for every nickel. 
And I said, well, then how about $35.05 if we want every nickel? <laughs> Which now, actually, if we could get a nickel for every book, you know, that'd be pretty good. There's a coin shortage. So, you know, if we get a book. <laughs> actually, I don't know if you can actually pay cash for the book. But no. <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, you know, the, the uh, places where the book can be pre-ordered right now are all on the website. And, uh, you know, all over, if anybody follows me or, or close personal friends of Al on Facebook, all of that stuff will be out there. And, you know, basically it's all, it's all on the website, blackandwhiteandweird.com or blackandwhiteandweirdallover.com if you got some extra time to type some extra letters. <laughs> if you're rushed for time, just leave off the all over. And you could save, like the way I type, that saves, let's see, seven letters. That saves seven seconds. So that's pretty good. And, and the status of... Uh, uh, you know, there are a bunch of links to buy the regular edition, and the special edition is also announced on there, and uh, there will be 250 copies of that. And when those are gone, uh, I imagine they'll take it off. The publisher uh, themselves are selling the book, so they're going to keep tabs. You know, if you order a book, if you pay for a book, and it says, you know, you're confirmed, you confirmed, you get one. It's not like Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all of that, you know, selling a whole bunch of books willy-nilly. Right, and then, oh, that would have been a good right. title too. Willy nilly, the lost photographs. Of uh, <laughs> so, a whole bunch of different sources selling the book and not knowing, not keep being able to keep track of them. You know, and one place sells two hundred books, and another place sells three hundred, and suddenly there aren't five hundred books. You know, there's. But this way, when you when you order the special edition, you will get a special edition, and that information it, it may be on the website right now as we speak. Excellent. Is there any benefit to waiting and trying to get book number twenty-seven? <laughs> Boy, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm guessing not. No, we have, okay. we have plans. That's, that's going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of no, course. Uh, okay. <laughs> actually, obviously, actually, I'm, I'm told. Uh, I'm, I'm told they're going to uh, the uh, publisher's friends with uh, uh, one of the people at the Rock Hall, and uh, we might just get the book in the gift shop there. That would be really cool. Oh wow, that'd be amazing. That would be extremely cool. And then if we if we can get the book in, maybe we can get Al. Why don't, why don't you put out his books already there? Why don't you? It'd be really simple. Just you know, make a little niche. And we'll, get, we'll find an accordion or a pair of drumsticks or a signed drum head, and we'll send it over, and you put them in the rock hall. Yeah. Right. And then people, you know, when they go through the rock hall, I don't know if you've ever been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, but you you walk through the whole place, and and sort of in a like an Ikea, like they start you out on the top floor and you walk and then you go down an elevator or escalator. And by the time you, you end up you know, leaving the store, then they have the food court there. Then they hit you up for some meatballs. Well, like the rock hall, the same way. You, you exit the museum and you're in the gift shop. Well, like at Disneyland, you get off the yeah, ride right. and you end up in the gift shop. So, and you buy, some, uh, you buy some books and CDs and, and other stuff like that. So that might be, uh, that might be a cool place. Yeah. That's awesome. But uh, you know, all all the online stores will have them, and uh, and the uh, worldwide uh, Amazon and, and the rest, uh, you know, will be available in Australia and, and England and Germany and uh, Mexico and uh, Canada, of course. And uh, now, now, speaking from a, a collector standpoint, is it going to be the same book available different places, or is it going to say like printed in Australia? Or ooh, oh God. I hope not, because then I have to get them. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. I'm going to say that they ship from the U.S. Or, 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 or they will ship some books to those sources, you know, to Amazon's distributor, let's say, in Australia. And they'll have some books on hand there. But I believe right. that they're going to be the U.S. copies. Okay. Phew. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't believe there's uh, different versions. 
back. Let me go back a little bit to the title here. The title is Black and White and Weird All Over. And if you chose putting in there ampersands instead of the word and and that's very important to both ethan and myself when we were coming up with the name of the podcast dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird out podcast we agonized over whether we should use ampersands or the word and so what was your thought process using ampersands there well we we did discuss that uh, the uh not you guys but uh <laughs> not, not the podcast, but, uh no we we discussed uh you know, whether to do that. And, and actually throughout the book, every time the words black and white or black and white appear in the book, they appear with different spellings. And it has to do with, the, the publisher explained it to me, and it has to do with the context in which it's used. Uh, if you're describing something or if it's, or if it's the item, like black and white film, or, you know, these, you know, the, the reason I shot black and white, you know, as a concept, was, you know, then, then one has an ampersand, one has the word and with hyphens. I, I don't know, wow. there's a rule about it. Anyway, so we, we went back and forth on, on exactly how it should be on the cover. And I, I think, you know, in, in looking at, you know, do you like this or do you like this? I think in looking at it, I think the ampersand just looked better. I mean, it just sort of, it looks better when you put the words black and white together than black and white. Yeah. It's, it's what most yep. people, it's how most people think of black and white film if they're not just thinking B and W for black and white if they if they see the words black and white they kind of see the ampersand they they picture that's how it looks so that's how that was and if you're going to use it there then you use it between black and weird as well so black and white and weird all over and that's how that came about so i was you know i was on board with that i you know there were there were a few sort of uh, grammar rules you know, the, the publisher would have loved, he probably did love word crimes, but word crimes <laughs> did, didn't go far enough, I don't think. There, there's a lot of stuff in there, and I ran this by uh, a couple of people, and uh, and there were some corrections made that I sort of, rules that I really hadn't been followed. Like, there's rules about where to put the period outside of parentheses that end a sentence. I can never keep that straight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there's, there's, they're, they're both correct. They both, but not at the same time. In other words, there's a time when you do it one way, and then there's a time when you do it the other. Jeez. And they've, they've got them. I think they're mostly with the period outside the parentheses, which is not how I do it. Mm -hmm. Like, like wow. uh, when you put quotation marks around something and it ends a sentence. You know, you know, Al says, "Go for it." You know, with an exclamation point, and I'm quoting him. You know, you don't put "go for it" in quotes and then the exclamation point. You put the exclamation point, then the quotation right. after that. Right. So it's included right. within that thing, just as I thought a period gets included within the, the right parentheses. Well, you only do that. You only include it within the parentheses if the the uh, words inside the parentheses make a sentence. They don't have to be completely their own sentence, but if those words happen to make a sentence on their own, then they can appear with that. If it's still sort of part of the rest of a sentence and it's just kind of an aside, then the period goes outside of the right parentheses. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so they went through it, and every time I see it, it just, it's, it's like, it, it, it sort of drives me nuts, and it's sort of like, how, you know, how do I, how did I never know this? I've been doing it mostly wrong, although sometimes I get it right, and I, I'm never sure. And then another thing, another thing I learned, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying this more and more, and it's, it's sort of cool, but it's still very foreign to me. Whenever you write out a number, uh, when you're describing a quantity now, not a number, you know, like, like, uh, you know, I have, uh, 
1,516 Weird Al, you know, audio and video products from around the world, I would put 1516. But if you're saying, um, you know, I, I really like our first two albums, uh, I you you would up to a certain number, up to number 20 or 19 or 20, you write the name of the number out. So I would say, you know, I really like Al's first TWO albums <laughs> instead of instead of two. <laughs> And I've always just put the number. I mean, I rarely, I mean, I'll even start sentences with a number. You know, two of my best friends were, and I'll put the number two. And I just always did that. And now, and so he's got me really thinking about, you know, how, how I spell out numbers now, you know, up to a certain point. Now, the number the number 27 could be spelled both ways. I mean, if you know, it depends how much emphasis you want, but all small numbers get written out. So just so, just so you know, that's the new rule. You know, I actually did know that. I don't know how many people know this about me, but I actually have a degree in journalism, and that's one of the things oh. we had to learn. <laughs> well, then I'll tell you what. You're going to love the way the book reads. Everything, everything in there is, is really, really correct. And correct to the point of it's, it almost is, is jarring because you never see it that way. Right. Like, the, like the period outside of the parentheses. You know, it's, if you if you're sort of not used to that, it, it looks almost looks like a typo, but is in fact correct. Wow. Everything in this book is just it's been gone over and over and over by several people for spelling, for correctness, for missing words. For and there are there are none of those issues like in so many books, right. so many articles. Right. This book. Right. <laughs> now, I'm not saying everything is factual, but I am saying <laughs> spelled correctly, and uh, you know, it it looks like I really believe you know, in it. So that's really, that's important. That, I thought that was good. Um, no, actually there, there are, uh, there are some cool facts that are uh, in, in some of these things. I mean, I tried to, to put a little something out there that I thought was interesting, you know, that maybe nobody ever knew. And, uh, for example, for example, uh, in the eat it video, now eat it. Um, I, I think everyone knows by now that that uh, one of the gang leaders, the white gang leader in Eat It, is uh, Vince Patterson, and he was in. He was the white gang leader in the Beat It video. In fact, he worked with Michael on on several videos. Well, not just Michael, but he was he's a well-known choreographer here in town. Mm. And and if he wasn't in front of the camera, he was you know coaching everyone. So he's he's. Uh, I caught up with him for the first time since doing the video. I wanted some information. You know, I need some information. on from you give me the information and uh, and and he was he was really good about it and i just i asked him you know as many people as i could reach i mean i talked to people i haven't talked to in well in 35 plus years whatever and and what i got from him was that and i and i just i made a reference about it in, in this chapter that the rubber chicken that that him and uh the other guy whose name is luba and i don't i don't remember his last name and I say that in the book, too. Sorry, I forgot your last name. I'm sorry. Oh, no. uh, uh, and the two of them have, they got a knife and fork or a spoon and a fork or whatever. Yeah. And then they're yeah. they're holding a chicken, right? Rubber chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Vince Vince still has the rubber chicken. Love it. Uh, where, where normally I would have it. Right. Uh, right. Now, I suppose I could go get a rubber chicken and say it was the chicken. But Vince, actually still, he still has the chicken. So I, I quote him. I, I, I think uh, I quoted him on that. I still have the rubber chicken. So that's, that's something very cool. And, and, you know, that's something I didn't know. I had no idea. I mean, I usually end up with some of the props and stuff, you know, even at that time. You know, I still have my uh, 
my soda jerk hat from the I Love Rocky Road video, for example. <laughs> oh, cool. uh, so, you know, that's, uh, but I do not have the chicken. Vince has the chicken. We now know where the chicken is. <laughs> it is it is documented. There is provenance now in, in the book, because I said so, so it's got to be true. <laughs> and and uh, so if he ever goes to sell it on eBay, you know, you're, you, you, uh, you get a copy of the book, and you verified that that's the chicken, and you know if it's coming from him, it's the chicken. That I think I think there are probably some pictures of him. There's actually some. There's more pictures of him in the book and that one thing than there are of me in the entire book. <laughs> He's holding his chicken more than I'm in the audience. God, who picked these things out? Oh, I did. That's right. Sorry. Anyway, I have more comments on the the title. I mean, it's it's it, there's only so many words, but. We have so many questions. So with the ampersand, the one thing I wanted to point out is, of course, white and nerdy is ampersanded. So white and weird is is a nice touch. The other thing I wanted to ask is, you say the lost photographs of Weird Al, 83 to 86. Does that mean we're going to get an 87 to 90 or additional books? <laughs> uh, no, no. That's actually, and I explained this in the book too. Those were the only black and white photos uh, I ever shot uh, of Al. Oh. And and I mean, I used to shoot black. And I, I bought this camera back in 1974, and I uh, and I I ran into that guy earlier this year, and I was telling him about the book. I said, "Wait a minute, you sold me that camera. God damn it! <laughs> I got now I got to put you in the book." <laughs> so anyway, it was it was a guy named Jeff Rona, not Corona. But Jeff Rona, Jeff and I were in a band together uh, in 1971, actually through like 74 and worked on a couple of things. Actually, he was on he was on the Pico and Sepulveda that I sent to Dr. Demento. He was on. Uh, uh, I think he was on the Ballad of Woodsy Owl hmm. that I also saw, sent to Dr. Wow. Demento. Anyway, Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff went on to be quite the composer in Hollywood. And uh, he also was uh, one of the people on the committee at the uh, Roland, you know, like the Keyboard Electronics Corporation. He was one of the people that invented MIDI. Wow. That wow. We still used, you know, almost 30, almost 40 years later, you know, wow. back in the early 80s. Good. Very, very well-known in the industry. Anyway, he was he was in this band. He sold me his camera. I made a dark room in my house, my parents' house, you know, where I was living then. And uh, I developed black and white film. So that's how I learned to shoot black and white. I, I, I had a, an enlarger, you know, I could, I could, I had bought film like in hundred foot spools so I could roll my own cartridges. Wow. And, uh, but that's how I, that's how I first got the photography bug. And I shot a little bit of color, you know, later, but I always shot black and white. Well, by the time I met Al, I was really just only shooting color. I wasn't living at home anymore. So I really, there was little incentive to shoot black and white because I couldn't deal with it. I would have to take it to like a lab, you know, or, or photo mat or whatever. Yeah. And uh, there just really wasn't the incentive to do that. You know, color was cool and, and you know, get it back in an hour. It was great. Life was good. So uh, when it came time for the first video, uh, Ricky, in uh, April of 1983, I, uh, I thought, you know, this would be cool. And I think I was carrying two cameras because I have a bunch of color shots, like sort of comparable color shots. And I'm sure I wasn't alternating rolls of film. I think I was carrying two cameras at that point. Hmm. And I, I shot that because I thought, you know, the black and white is kind of a really, it's got a, a vibe and it would be really cool. So I, I sort of returned to black and white. I did that on and off a little bit. And then the last one I shot in black and white was uh, the uh, Living with a Hernia video in uh, 
top of my head, October of 86. And then that was it. And I just, I never, never, ever shot black and white again. Uh, wow. You know, I, I would shoot something on my iPhone and convert it. Right. But I never, right. I never <laughs> deliberately put black and white film in a camera again. So it, it literally represents the only black and white photos that would be seen. Interestingly, I could probably put out a color version of this book where you would see photos that are very similar to these. <laughs> uh, all, not quite these photos, but almost, right. except in color. And uh, I'd buy that it. Would, uh, I, don't, you know, I don't know if that would be a more expensive book or not. You know, I, I'm told that this book was actually printed in color and that the, the photos are actually, you know, like, like RGB photos, hmm. but they're just printed in color, not grayscale. So there's a little bit of, of a, it's kind of undetectable, but I mean, if you saw it next to a grayscale version of these photos, you would see the difference. And, and it's just that there's a little bit of richness, I think, that comes from that. So that it was possible that we could have put a color photo in there somewhere, anywhere, and we decided not to. There's a recent photo that I took that goes with, sort of explains who I am at the end of the book, and it's a picture that I took, and uh, uh, we, we converted it to black and white so that it would fit the vibe of the book. So everything about the book, the website, everything, black and white. It really, really drives it home in case you don't see that title, you know, on every page of the site or, you know, everywhere you go. You know, it's it'll be, you know, you'll look at it and go, there's there's a concept, there's a thread going through. Oh, black and white. Wow. All over, black and white. Nothing but, it's black and white all over. It's weird. Wow. Black and white and weird. We got you coming and going. I'm telling you, we have, we've not missed a trick. <laughs> Amazing. Like a weird concept, or, you know. Anyway, I digressed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Amazing. So you've been sitting on these pictures since 1986. Why did you decide to put out the book now? Boy, well, you know, at, at the, I sort of, I guess I always knew they were there, but I, I took a, a real look at them again when I decided, you know, a couple of years ago that I should start looking into uh, con converting all my negatives to digital and, and what the best way to do that. And cause I had just finished converting all of my audio tapes and it was a 25 year project Whoa. of converting wow. cassettes and reels. And I'm not saying it took 25 years. I'm saying I started it 25 years ago and then did nothing for 24 of them. <laughs> came back in that year and, and knocked out, there were about 300 tapes left and, and knocked them out in about, in about three months, really. Wow. I mean, it, it went, went wow. pretty quick once I got on it. And that's hard because they're all in real time. I mean, you got to sit and, you know, God forbid you would listen to them as they were going by, but they have to in real time, obviously. So that, that was a lot of, a lot of, you know, songs under the bridge. But <clears throat> about that time, I thought, you know, next, I guess I better get on my negatives. I have hundreds of rolls of negatives that they're not in deteriorating or anything, but might be cool to have those as digital files, you know, because so when I need one, I don't have to scan them. Because I took photographs, I shot film kind of into the 2000s. I mean, the last roll of film I shot was in 2006. Wow. But I, I was already digital by the late 90s. And hmm. was shooting less and less film, or fewer and fewer rolls of film, whichever you prefer. <laughs> and a uh, bunch of word crimes. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's another one. I'm using fewer where I probably should be saying less, but I just don't even know anymore. <laughs> as, as they say, fewer is more, right? <laughs> right. So, so uh, you know, 
once I decided to do that and, and realized, you know, hey, these are, you know, I'll, I'll have digital versions of everything. So that might be the time to do something with these photos. And that's when I asked Al. And actually, the next thing I did is I went on, on the uh, Woway forum when that was the place to be. It's still kind of a cool place. Uh, and I went on there and I, I asked, uh, you know, hey, are you guys interested in if I published a book of these black and white photos that you've never seen? And everyone <laughs> said, yeah, well, yeah, fine, whatever. You, know, you got nothing better, <laughs> nothing better to do, like maybe go on the road or something. And, right. And, uh, anyway, but, but uh, you know, what made me decide to do that was the fact that if they were going to be digital, they would be easily uh, manipulated, easily sent to somebody to, you know, I wouldn't have to scan them. And, you know, because it would take forever to do that. This is a place that has nothing to do but sit around and do that stuff. And uh, and still, you know, that, that idea sat for a little while. But that was the beginning of it, was knowing that if those were going to be digital, I could do something with them. And uh, once I was told that, that uh, once I mentioned it to Mike Duquette, you know, that sort of replanted the seed, you know, literally two years later after I first thought of it. And uh, then when he sent me the email, and said, uh, you know, I got a got a guy if you, you know, if you're moving forward. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I, maybe I should. And it took a couple of more months, and I got that film done, and it looked great. I thought, yeah, it's going to work, and uh, it's it's time to do it. It's time to talk to somebody, and and uh, it's it's amazing that the first place you look, it actually works out, and it worked out. It worked out really, really well. I mean, uh, uh, Matthew Matthew Tonaki is the uh, publisher, and uh, the the head of 1984 Publishing. And uh, they, uh, and and you know what's funny is I had actually encountered him before. I sent him. Uh, he had he had gotten some uh, words from Al on a book he was doing about a dozen years ago called "Put the Needle on the Record," something or something '80s singles from the '80s, hmm. uh, one hit one. I don't know something like that. And it was and it had a page in there on "I Love Rocky Road" uh, single. So I sent him because I'm apparently one of only three people in the world that has one, I sent him a scan of the, cover <laughs> of the Rocky, uh, Rocky Road sleeve. Hmm. I don't know why that's so rare, but, you know, I've, I've honestly, I've only ever seen one. I know Al's got one somewhere, but he needed that. So anyway, so he and I had touched, had crossed paths before, which he reminded me about. I thought, oh, that's, that's really cool. It's sort of come back around full circle. Yeah. And now we're actually, now nice. we're doing a book, you know, with, with a bunch of my photos in it. How, how very, right. very cool. So he's been great. Uh, the whole process has been has been uh, really really easy, and and uh, despite all the COVID stuff this year, actually that's that's been I don't want to say it's been okay, but you know it's allowed me to be really dedicated to uh, you know, even though I was done with 90% of what I was doing back in January, there's a lot of follow-up stuff. You know, okay, well we got all the photos, we got all your texts. Okay, now we got to sort of go over these. Now we got to you know figure do we you want this photo next to this one? What are we going to do for the box set? You know, do you want to go into more detail about this thing you know you mentioned it briefly in in your text you know do you do you want to talk about that you know when maybe it doesn't apply or stuff like that so they i had already written chapters based on a lot of photos and they when i saw the final photos that they had picked and they pared it down somewhat there were no longer photos in there that i had referred to and and it took me a couple of read-throughs and i i thought you know i'm mentioning this photo and people are going to go through the book, looking for <laughs> looking for this photo because I made I made a specific reference to it, like for example, and this is a color photo that is out there somewhere. And there's one in black and white now, coming out in the book. But there's a color photo from the uh, I Love Rocky Road video, and there's like 15 or 16 or 18 
accordion players all lined up like out in a field, outstanding in their field. Actually, they're sitting, out sitting in their field. But these, all these accordion players. And I knew there was that photo, but I never knew what was going on until I had these, these negative scanned and I got to see them for the first time. And I thought they were, they were supposed to be in the video. They were, they were shot in the video. They were filmed. They were, you know, taped. And I know because there's a pictures of them with us and there's the camera set up in the back aiming at them. I know that they were not in the video. Obviously they did not appear in the video, but you know, and, and why was not so important. I mean, the fact is that their scene was shot and was cut and I could prove it because there's, there's a camera in one of those shots. Well, that shot wasn't chosen for the book, but I was still referring to it. So I had to go back and change, you know, so people weren't looking at <laughs> thinking camera. You know, he's lying again. About <laughs> you know, that, I'll bet Vince doesn't even have that chicken. Right? <laughs> so I had to go back through and make sure, son of a gun, there was no picture. And the pictures that they were in, and there's a couple of them, they are not, there's, you, you can't see the camera in those pictures. And I thank or blame Musical Mike because he would have taken those pictures. <laughs> but, but, uh, and as it turns out, he he was friends with uh, the uh, lady that that sort of headed up all the accordion. She had an accordion. Uh, she was a teacher, but she also played with the band, the group Hot Food to, Hot Food to Go, hmm. who had some stuff on the Doctor Demento show. So that's how Musical Mike was connected. And I think it was through him that he he was able to get her to round up a bunch of students. And come down, and they were going to be in this shot, and they all had soda jerk hats on, you know, uh, on them. And they're standing <laughs> there while we're playing in the in the corner of the the malt and ice cream shop. And but the pictures in the book, you don't see a camera, you don't know what's going on. So I I had to rephrase that. So you know, I had there was time to go back and really sort of pour over over thing, pour over everything, and make sure I had it all absolutely hundred percent. I really wanted everything to be right for the fans and for the people maybe that, that read the book. I'm going to, I'm going to buy a book cause I'm pictured in there and Hey, he wrote this thing. He didn't get it right. Well, that would have been great to have talked to them before I wrote that stuff down, but I was unable to, to find out that stuff. I found out a lot of stuff after everything had been committed mm. to, uh, mm. you know, and, and sent off to the printer. I mean, if I was to rewrite some of those things now, I would change a couple of words here and there. But that's not to say that there's anything incorrect in the book. Everything that's written is correct. I just now know a little bit. I know a little bit more about the backstory on some of these things. And I know a little bit more about why all those accordion players were there. And I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) They were were just, honestly, they were going to be in some scenes, you know, like, like just a whole bunch of accordion players in there, you know, playing in front of Al, playing the accordion. And they shot some scenes and... And they just apparently didn't, they, they just didn't pop. They just weren't that exciting. It mm. wasn't, whoever had the, the vision for that, you know, for what it was going to be, it didn't quite work out. And that's why, mm. you know, they, they um, don't appear anywhere except in, except in these photos. Literally, that's the only way you would know. And the fact that I mentioned it. So, <laughs> so I ended up sending a couple of photos to uh, Ruth, who's the, the girl who, who was heading them up, who's also in the video or not. She's not in the video. She's in the photos. Okay. So she was in there too. She wasn't just coaching them. She was going to be in it as well. <laughs> and it just didn't, it, it literally didn't make the cut. So mm. that's what those are about. And I, I had something I thought very clever to say about it. And 
and without that photo in there, it sort of destroyed <laughs> that, that whole train of thought. So I had to rework, you know, what was in there, and, and I, you know, just explained that uh, their scenes were cut, or I forget the exact wording, but um, so so there was that, you know, and, and I had time to go over that, and and I actually confirmed that with Musical Mike. Now, why he didn't tell me this stuff back maybe in January when I was writing all this stuff <laughs> would, have been, would have been very helpful and I might have squeezed an extra paragraph out of it. That's, I think that would be important to know why there's 18 other accordion <laughs> players on set that don't appear in the video, you know, but that were obviously there. I mean, they weren't there entertaining us during our lunch hour. And I know that because we were not eating lunch while they were playing. We were also in the shot. So uh, anyway... Well, now everyone knows sort of why you know, <laughs> nobody really knows until now that there were all these people there. And now, you know, now you'll know why you don't see them. And you, know, <laughs> you kind of almost have to buy the book to, to see them. Right. You know, I guess if you move yep. it back and forth, you can pretend that they were in the video. You can sing I Love Rocky Road to yourself. You know, that'd be, that'd be pretty funny. I mean, spe and speaking of uh, in, in connection with the book, there are there are going to be these uh, little video teasers that are coming out. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. The one for Ricky, <laughs> uh, the teaser video for Ricky is up somewhere. Uh, it's probably, uh, actually, I think it's uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, uh, would have it on their site, and I think, at the, I, I think we probably have put it up on uh, Facebook. It would be up on the black and white and weird all over.com site. Again, if you don't have seven extra seconds, it's black and white and weird.com. <laughs> weird right? E before I, right? That's weird. Okay. Uh, and and uh, so this video has got, uh, the teaser has got some shots from, uh, you know, using photos in the book. Of course, there's not any live video shots. Not not that we couldn't, but, uh, you know, the, the photos are what, you know, it's all about. So it's got some of those in there. And, uh, there's some really nice work done on how the video was put together. Now, I put together a video, which is, by all accounts, atrocious. And it's, you know, there's like no movement. There's nothing, you know, it's really, I did narration. I put together a soundtrack for it. And it's really, it's really rudimentary. And I didn't put it together to be used. I put it together really so that they could just get a concept of, you know, here's, here's a sort of a thought for the video. And, uh, it's it's really it's not terrible, but it's it's horrible. <laughs> so so they, they put together uh, the uh, you know they started putting together these videos, and now all of a sudden there's movement, there's you know things go to reverse negative, you know they they uh, they zoom in, they zoom out, they they you know cut to the to the music. Oh, there's music. Yes, yes. Please tell there's, us. Yeah, that. I was going to ask you. And as people. You know, a lot of your listeners will have heard by now. There's, you know, now you can't have a, a teaser video for Ricky without having some Ricky music in it. You know, that's what I thought anyway. So you, it starts off and you're hearing Ricky and then you hear Tress is going, wait, 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 wait. And the tape stops. <laughs> and she and Al start chatting about the part that she's singing. And, uh, you know, as, as I'm sure most of most of the fans know, I usually had a cassette rolling in the studio for everything that came through the speakers also went on my cassette. Wow. That I took home at the end of the night and filed away and like <laughs> three years ago had transferred. So all of this, stuff has been you know, you would not hear this anywhere else except on the teaser or if you come over to my house and you hear the whole file. So it's, and it's her now talking about the phrasing, you know, let, let me be in your show. And he says, no, no, let me be. And she goes, let me be in your show. And he says, yeah, that's right. And then, 
And then she says something very funny after that. You know, let me be in your show as opposed to, and then something else. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, so anyway, funny, funny stuff, hilarious stuff. And all packed into a thrilling 27 (laughs) seconds, of course. Yes. I like that you made it 27 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. Once they, once they showed me the first video, it was like, 20 it was like 30 seconds i said you know it would not be that big of a stretch to get this down to 20 seconds (laughs) would it they said no no what what do you got i said i'm I'm gonna edit the sound i'm gonna make it you know i'll make you a 27 second track and you put it to that and i did and they did and that's what you're seeing out there wow as long as we did that one in 27 seconds it's like well well now we can't you know the fans are, are going to lose their minds if we don't also do the others in 27 seconds. So, so now, now, you know, now we're stuck. Now there, now there's a theme. <laughs> there's going to be a running thread with all of these. The first one uh, teases, uh, you know, the, the Ricky chapter. Mm-hmm. The second one, I love Rocky road. Now we've got audio for that. Now for that, uh, I used the, the demo song and that appeared on uh, basement tapes way back. So, you know, I think a bunch of fans have heard it, but not, uh, maybe not everyone. You know, or maybe that somehow got by, you know, if, unless an Al fan got that thing, most other casual fans would not have, right. you know, they wouldn't remember it. Now everyone's right. going to go back and everyone's got the disc, they're going to go back and listen to it, right? <laughs> well, it's got a, a 20 seconds, 27 second snippet of that. And wow. it's, uh, so that really, I guess sort of that's released, but it's pretty obscure. I mean, it's not really, you, you have to right, you yeah. literally have to have, or you have to have old tapes of the Demento show when that got played a few times. Right. To right. really ever heard that before. So, and then I explained, I have a little piece where I wrote with these teasers, there's a little text blurb that uh, I wrote that I talk about the audio on these things. And so for I Love Rocky Road, I talk about how that was the demo that was sent to uh, Jay Cooker, who was one of the original writers on I Love Rock and Roll. You know, Joan Jett did not write that song. Uh, the group Arrow, uh, members of the group Arrow uh, wrote that, and Jake was a member of the band. And, uh, wrote, and co-wrote the song, so we got that to him. So, so that was the demo that basically got things rolling to get permission to record that, you know, to do a proper recording of it. But there was no record deal yet. There was not even any studio time yet. And what Jake did after hearing that was said, "Yo, yeah, you can do that." And, you know, I think we can work up some studio time. And of course, you got to let, you know, I've got a client. You got to let him produce it. Uh, Rick Derringer is is a client of mine, he, you know, he should, uh, we'll have him produce it. You know, we'll get you some studio time. You can go in, you know, cut all these things. And then, uh, you know, got an album to shop a deal. And, you know, if you get a deal, you, know, you could send me a million bucks, but until then, you could... <laughs> anyway, I, don't, I don't think he ever got his million. No. But, uh, I'm sure he got his million from, from, uh, elsewhere. Right. <laughs> but but uh, wow. so that, so that's the demo that basically spawned Al's record deal. Wow. So I, I explained, you know, that, that was the long explanation. The short explanation is, is in, you know, a sentence or two that accompanies these clips. Uh, the next clip, and, and I'm not sure if it's Eat It or, but, but the next chapter is us in the studio uh, doing uh, overdubs. And it's not the band, because we already finished our work. And I've got color photos of us in the studio as the band from the day before these were shot. I came back to do the overdubs and brought my black and white camera, brought my cam, put black and white film in and mm-hmm. shot black and white. So yeah. we got Jimmy Z, Jimmy Zavala is on sax in there. Rick Derringer's pictured in there. 
We got uh, Tony Papa pictured in the chapter. Anyway, so so uh, the uh, the music for that, because one of the songs we were doing actually sax on, is That Boy Could Dance. Now, the audio that's used for the video, and again, it's a 22nd second snip, <laughs> snippet of the song. <laughs> now, now, That Boy Could Dance on the record on N3D uh, fades out. Well, obviously, we didn't record it that way in the studio. You know, we record it, and it's like, okay, we've gone long enough. We'll stop. You know, it, will, it will have to go an extra, honestly, probably an extra 30, 40 seconds. Wow. But it's just wow. the out chorus, right? So we just, we're playing along, and, you know. And uh, so the version on there is, is, it's the very first version, and Al's maybe his very first vocal on it. It's not even the final vocal. There's no sax. No keyboards, no nothing. It's drums, bass, guitar, and Al doing a rough vocal. And at the very end, we just, you know, we just, I guess we looked at each other or something, and I did some sort of a little funny drum cue thing, and we just we just knew how to end it. We just knew how we were going to stop playing instead of just, you know, putting my sticks down. Right? We actually built a little ending into it. And... Uh, and actually, you know what? It's the ending that if anyone saw us do that song on the No Frills tour in 2018, I know everyone calls it the ill-advised vanity tour. Right? We call it the No Frills tour because we don't have the extra seven seconds. <laughs> but we can just, I guess, say ill-advised all over, and then that would be good. So it's the ending that we wound up doing, and I had to bring in a recording of it because nobody remembers except me because I'm the only one that's heard that in 36 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is how, you know, we just came up with this spontaneously. This would be a good ending. And that became the ending. But that, wow. that wasn't enough. On this recording, like Al hadn't had enough of, you know, singing an entire song yeah. by that time. He, <laughs> he, lets, he, he does this, well, he lets out a scream at the end. Just this great, <laughs> great scream to end this thing. And he stops the scream and the video goes black and it's beautiful. So all in in 27 seconds. Wow. So that, that teaser is actually called that boy could dance because of the audio. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, it's us in the studio um, really doing, uh, actually there's a picture or two of Jim. Yeah. He came in to overdub something, but it's, it's us in the studio. uh, You know, that was one of the songs we were working on and, and one of the best audio clips, I, I thought, I knew up front that I wanted to get that thing at the end in. So people will be hearing that for the first time. I mean, they're going to wow. hear the, the rough track, you know, I mean, you know, 27 seconds of it or whatever. And they're going to hear that ending, which they've never heard on record before. And they're going to hear this other thing that Al does that, you know, they haven't heard. I mean, it wasn't something he did in concert. So <laughs> nobody's heard this until... You know, Wow. Uh, until you know it comes out. Depending when people hear this podcast, they may actually have already heard it. Right. So again, go back go back to blackwearedweird.com E before I, right? And or if you have time all over. Okay. And and go in there and there'll be a page with the, the we'll have all four videos will be up. And then the the I think the last video then will be Eat It. And the Eat It track we use from that is uh again a rough track. It's literally just bass guitar and drums and uh and actually there's a drum machine that runs under that uh, as it did in in uh uh michael's song there's a roland tr 909 is the drum machine of the day it was it was brand new it had just come out actually it had just come out the year that that uh like in 82 i think that uh 
Michael recorded beat it. Hmm. So it was it was state of the art and and for us by the time we used it, you know, in late eighty three or whatever to cut beat it, uh, you know, it was still pretty state of the art. So that's on there, drums, bass, guitar, and then Al singing the chorus, very very rough. Very rough. And so people haven't heard they haven't heard sort of the stripped down track or this rough vocal from Al. So that's something that's just a, a cool rough you know, it's not an outtake, it's just something that nobody's ever heard not like that you know when they hear it it's got there's keyboards on it and there's other guitars on it and there's pretty vocals you know and background vocals you know, not not for this not in these 27 seconds anyway <laughs> you want to hear, hear that go buy or you know go download a copy of in 3d right. or better yet go buy the box set and that way you get 14 other albums yeah. with it that's right <laughs> if you could find the box set i i i assume that's sold out i assume that those are long gone they, yeah, they show up on eBay and, and stuff like that. Well, they as used, I imagine. Well, yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't think anyone's still got a you know a bunch of them sitting around. <laughs> so that's that's become a pretty rare thing. Yeah, and, and frankly, it takes a lot longer than twenty seven seconds to listen to. It took this a <laughs> longer than twenty seven seconds to open it up with the box. <laughs> that's true. I had to, I had to go to work that night. I had to wait till the next day. <laughs> and anyway, so those are the video teasers and the audio that goes with them. And uh, very cool stuff. That's I so mean, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm very yeah. proud of the, the way those turned out. And they had like a, a real proper video person. And they, they ran them all by me. And, uh, you know, I had one. It's funny. I made a suggestion about the timing on one of them. And, and you know, without getting too musical about it. But I, I sort of, you know, I said, I want this to, to change on the clap. And then I want this to go after this. And then this needs to wait. There's This went too fast or this went too long. And I would just give instructions like that. And it came back and it was perfect. You know, the next the next version mm-hmm. was was the one. It's like what? Wow! And the last two of them they sent me, uh, they they were just they were right. I didn't. It's like I, that's it. They're they're perfect. No no comment. You know, no no changes on that one. So they they did a really really nice job on that. And uh, uh, and 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 the whole the whole project really the whole book. You know, the layout of the book was. Uh, uh, and Matthew's got uh, uh, Shane and, and, and Desiree Lewis uh, did the layouts on the book. And they're, I don't want to say kids, they're, you know, they're youngish and, they, and they're, they're fans of Al. Mm-hmm. And so when they were putting this stuff together, they really did it with an eye towards what would look good for the fans. They really knew, you know, the, the fans are going to like this if we put it across both pages. They're going to want to, they're really going to want to see a big picture of this. You know, or, or a bigger, you know, they, they, they're the ones that decided what was what. And I, I had literally one change, and that was, and I sort of thought about this ahead of time, that one picture of the Rocky Road video with, with Al and the band and Dr. Demento outstanding in their field. Uh, I thought, you know what, that, would, that was originally a smaller photo. It was on, on part of one page, and I thought, you know what, that would make, as long as they're doing photos across both pages, that would be great to see that one to see it bigger mm-hmm. two that's a great photo that's where we're going to sign them that's that's where people are going to want them signed so that i think that was the the lone suggestion i made um you know in the layouts and stuff and once i saw the layouts i also saw some photo things that had escaped me the first time we were talking about you know what i did during this covid downtime well i had a chance to really sort of pour over everything there was a photo that had and it was right there, and it was probably legitimate in the photo, but there was just something coming down off the top of the, the frame. And I didn't know what it was. It wasn't 
you know, a hair or anything. It was a, maybe it was a but whatever it was, you know, it was a legitimate part of the photo, but it didn't look like it belonged there. So I, you know, cut it out and then sent them an updated file for that photo. I said, let's, you know, let's replace that. I don't know what that is, but I, I don't like it. And it doesn't, it's not, it, it, look, it looks like it might have been a mistake, even though it wasn't. Right. I erased that and erased all doubt at the same time. There were one or two or three of those things that got redone during that time. You know, after we had a chance to see it all put together, uh, you know, you get a different view of it than, you know, just sending in a word file with, you know, here's what I right. want for chapter one. And these are, this is my intro and here's Al's forward. By the way, the forward, is worth the price of the book alone. Actually, the foreword's worth about 27 bucks. Matthew, the the publisher, said that may be the all-time best foreword I've ever read. Wow, that was so great. We had to stop the interview right there because we're running out of time for this episode. But wow, what an amazing part one of the interview with John Bermuda Schwartz. And I'm so excited that everybody gets to hear part two next week. But if you can't wait until next week, you can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 2000 inch, and you can hear the full interview right now my mind is exploding i know i cannot wait until october 27th till i get my hands on this book yes what a pretty stinking majestic interview dave i cannot get over how much bermuda shared with us for the first time ever yeah that is so awesome that we are the first place that bermuda shared a lot of this awesome amazing pretty stinking majestic information I'm so freaking excited for that alternate cover version, that limited 250. Oh, yes. oh I'm definitely picking up one of those. Oh, definitely, me too. Me definitely. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't contain my excitement for this book. And October feels so far away, but that's really only like two and a half months away. Everything that Bermuda does is absolutely amazing. And he really looks out for the fans. And he knows like that. The fans of our podcast are going to really enjoy this book. And, you know, something especially for you and I, Dave, as collectors, we love to hold something physical in our hands. And especially when it's these unreleased photos of Al, I want to be able to hold it in my hand and look at it and really admire it just in a way that you can't do it when you're just looking at something on the computer. So I just can't wait to get it in my hands. Can't wait to put it on my coffee table. I can't wait to get a coffee table so I can put this book <laughs> where it belongs. <laughs> I know, and you can also hang it up on your wall because if you get that special edition book, you get those frameable prints. I, so you can yeah. not only have it on your <laughs> coffee table, you can have it up on your wall. You can have the whole room dedicated to this book, black and white and weird all over. Now, Dave, I don't want to give any spoilers, but you and I do know what happens in the next part of the interview. And I got to tell you, it's really great. Yes, it was really great. Let me tell you, it was pretty stinking majestic. But we do have a special preview of next week's episode just to whet your whistle. So let's check that out right now. This week's episode is brought to you by our favorite vegan Mexican restaurant, Burrito Burrito in lovely Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double wrapped in a quesadilla, Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a burrito burrito burrito, but every burrito 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 can be burrito burritoed. Thank you so much to John Bermuda Schwartz for giving us the first exclusive interview since his new book was announced. We will have part two of our interview with Bermuda next week, but if you can't wait that long, and I don't blame you, you can check out the full interview right now over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash 2000inch. 
You know, each week we can bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to our sponsors like Brito Brito, Angel Valenzuela, and his son David Cash, and all of our amazing Patreon supporters like Dave, Joe, and so many more. Patreon helps us pay the bills and ensures that we can continue doing what we love, and that's making fun, family-friendly, entertaining Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. Please join us in thanking all of our supporters over at patreon.com slash 2000 inch for making this podcast possible. And please consider joining our Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. Another way to support the podcast is by purchasing merchandise from the official Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast shop. I love my Dave and Ethan Jonah Ray shirt. The one where it's you and me and Jonah Ray. I just can't get enough of that shirt. So head over to shop.2000inch.com for great shirts like that. We also have mugs. We have tote bags. We have tank tops. And we even have gill and chillos. So head over to shop.2000inch.com before it's too late. Thanks once again to John Bermuda Schwartz and all of our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters, and sponsors. And thanks to everyone who follows us over at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to join our Facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com if you have not already. Do your part and tag fun Weird Al or podcast-related posts on social media using hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gill and Chill. Let us know. Once you've pre-ordered the book, we cannot wait for everyone to join in that fun. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. Just like Bermuda's book, we have two ways you can get to our podcast. <laughs> Make sure to share our posts, tell your friends about the podcast, and we love it when you leave us voice messages on our 27-hour day podcast hotline 347 spatula you might even hear your message on the air the 347 spatula hotline the official hotline of dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird al podcast is sponsored by the amazing angel valenzuela and david cash two wonderful weird al fans and podcast supporters thank you angel and david Call 347-SPATULA and leave them a message along with us. You already know where to find us, but do yourselves a favor and head on over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, or the podcast app of your choice and hit that subscribe button. This way you do not miss a single episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday, but bonus content like headline news, special reports can drop at any time. Next week, we continue the interview with Bermuda regarding his upcoming black and white and weird all over book. Be sure to pre-order your book as soon as possible at blackandwhiteandweird.com. Our Patreon subscribers will have the opportunity to hear the full interview this week. So head on over to patreon.com slash 2000 inch and sign up if you have not already. Thank you again to John Bermuda Schwartz. What a pretty stinking majestic interview regarding the upcoming black and white and weird all over book comes out October 27th, but you need to go pre-order it right now. Black and white and weird.com get those special edition books as soon as they're available because they will not last long and make sure you spell weird correctly. That's W E I R D. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 67-inch. 
E before I, that's weird. 